and welcome to the Research and Innovation Podcast on a Fractured Global Economy. I am Professor Marina Babanstasio, I'm a Professor of International Business at the Department of International Business, and today we are going to discuss about the geopolitical developments we are experiencing with Professor Peter Buckley, a Professor of International Business. So, Peter, since 2016, with Trump's election in the U.S., we experience major geopolitical developments. We live literally in a VUCA world, which means a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. And examples of this VUCA world are, or could include, uh, the U.S.-China trade war, obviously the COVID pandemic, and the last but not least, the invasion of Russia in uh, Ukraine and uh, the war we are uh, living today. So how do these developments will affect or are affecting, actually, globalization. Uh, thank you, Marina. As, as the uh, Chinese proverb says, we, we live in interesting times. Uh, as you said, we have a, a deep and growing fracture within the world economy. Some people would characterize that as between the US and China. Other people might say it's liberal democracies versus authoritarian systems. Um, This is combined with a a discontent with some of the outcomes of globalization. So this fracture comes from two main sources. One one is state policy in terms of protectionism, and now we have security issues such as biosecurity and food security, which means that individual national economies want to protect themselves from what they see as the vagaries of the international economy. And secondly, we have individual negative reactions to globalization. So we have issues like the left behind, those people and those regions that feel that globalization has passed them by and made them less less effective in earning income and and all the rest of it. Uh, The economists coined the term slobalization for the slowdown in the world economy. Uh, but but I think the fracture is rather more important than that. Uh, there's a lot of attention on strategic industries and the definition of strategic industries has widened. Uh, it used to be just defense and possibly communications and things like that. But now a lot of, a lot of other industries such as semiconductors are regarded as strategic and in need of protection. We have the phenomenon known as the splinternet, where the previously integrated internet is being bifurcated or or split up even more than that by, first of all, the Great Firewall of China and then action that comes out of the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine and so on. And we have what we might call systemic competition. So the idea that this isn't just normal competition, but it's a competition of systems, the liberal economy versus the authoritarian control. So all of this leads to perhaps a retreat back to the national, but more probably back to regional uh, division of the world economy. Um, And, of course, this has meant that a lot of international business that's previously been run by global value chains 
these global value chains are under immense pressure from what you described as the VUCA elements of the world economy. So reshoring and regionalization of global value chains becomes much more important. I think the final thing to say is that a lot of this um, issue with globalization actually arises from technological changes. And technological changes in globalization are very much uh, fitted together. They get very much go hand in hand. And of course, at the same time as all this is going on, we have a massive move towards digitization, which is again having a, a, a massive effect. So all those things together, the, the state action, the individual attitudes, mean that the, the doing business in the global economy is much more difficult than it was, say, 10 years ago. I would agree to that. And I would add, I mean, you put a very interesting dimension, the issue of security. And you mentioned food security, for instance, uh, which is part of the sustainable development goals. Sustainability, food security, multinationals play yet a very important role in leading all these uh, global value chains. And uh, I would agree that probably they would uh, regionalize, they would definitely change uh, shape. But also we see multinationals play maybe a political role, the subsidiaries. We saw that they were the vehicles of imposing the financial and economic sanctions uh, on Russia. They had to close down. So with all these pressures, the sustainability issues, issues of security, uh, this uh, uh, political dimension of uh, multinationals, do you think they will affect and how probably will affect their strategies? Yeah, but good question. Uh, I'm absolutely convinced that the pressure on managements of multinationals and on the sort of image of multinationals has never been greater because the ESG, environmental, social and governance aspects have come in very much and absolutely have to be factored into strategy. These, this cannot be seen anymore as just an add-on. These are absolutely crucial factors. So I think if we look at the um, strategies of multinational, we have changes that are short-term and changes that are longer-term. So in the immediate uh, strategy, multinationals are concerned with their own safety, security, liquidity, and the continuity of business. So there's some immediate actions that firms have to take. And there's had to be some very radical and rapid rethinking of, of things like the management of global value chains under pressure from the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine and the sanctions that come with that, which means that perhaps your first choice sourcing uh, locations are no longer available. So in the short run, what can multinationals do? In the short run, they have to protect those things that I talked about. But they also have to be very agile in collecting information. And corporate foresight becomes very important. Can multinationals foresee uh, what is going to happen in the next few years? Very, very difficult issue. And as you said, the VUCA thing makes this even more essential that they have to look at sources of volatility, uncertainty, and so on. 
So in the short run, inf the information collection, the kind of brain of the company, the forecasting brain has to be looked at. In the longer term, of course, then some of the strategies that I talked about are much more easy to implement. In the, in, in the longer term, you can regionalize, you can change your global value chain, you can evaluate country differences, you can alter strategies, you can perhaps move to more multi-domestic organizations by giving your subsidiaries more responsibility than perhaps they had. And so you, you reorder and reconfigure re your global value chain. And this is not easy. I mean, we, when we talk about China, there are very good reasons why China is such an important element in lots of global value chains. It has a unique combination of, uh, of factors. It's fairly stable environment. It's got relatively low cost labor, even though that's increasing. It's got a supportive business environment and it's got all the support activities in terms of communication and shipping and all the rest of it that you need. But if that becomes under threat and that becomes much more difficult because of the reasons we've talked about, protectionism and bifurcation and all the rest of it, then you have to change. So in the long, long run, things become very much more flexible and companies can think about all kinds of possibilities. So I think the way to think about strategies, what do we have to do to protect ourselves in the shorter run? And then if we think more long-term, then a lot of more possibilities become available. But it's not easy to, to shift these things overnight. It does take time and there are limited locations for many of the activities that multinationals have in their value chain. And as we know, I mean, competition among multinationals has intensified because we have the so-called emerging market multinationals. So how do you think they will react? Will they follow what uh, the advanced market multinationals are doing? Will they shape different strategies? They are major players. They define, uh, as I said, global competition nowadays. Yes, emerging market multinationals are extremely interesting. I think they, I think the basic outlines of the types of strategies are very much the same. But, but emerging market multinationals are both more vulnerable uh, because they have less of a base and they have less experience. In general, they have less support from their home government and from their background and so on. So they need agility. But... Emerging market multinationals, to some degree in this current world, have got more choices. If you think you're a company in Africa or you're a company in the Middle East, you do have the possibility of kind of going across the divide. You know, the Belt and Road Initiative might be something that you can get involved with, or the American Build Back Better or EU systems to help you. So emerging multinationals, if they're very agile, might be able to gain from this fracture by moving across it and by implementing strategies that are not open to multinationals that are definitely on one side or the other. That's a very difficult trick. And uh, it's going to mean that, that a lot of emerging, multi, uh, emerging market 
multinationals and firms in multi in emerging markets in general may have to make their mind up which side of this divide it's on if it continues and it gets deeper it's going to be very difficult to work uh, work across a divide between so-called the West and the authoritarian countries. And I mean, I would like to ask something because uh, you raised it and, you, and I'm coming back to the issue of sustainability. Do you think that all these uh, developments, uh, the VUCA world, will, uh, have, will compromise uh, our aspirations for a sustainable world? So will compromise also the activities and strategies of multinationals to be sustainable? That's a very interesting issue because um, sustainability was emerging as the key factor, I think, in, in global competition. But the fracture, the war in Ukraine has meant that other things have to be considered because they are immediate and they happen. The role of sanctions, for instance, it may be that you have to move because of sanctions. A lot of companies may have a t- choose a second best energy source from the one they were choosing before. I mean, there are some signs that the sanctions will mean that there is more move towards green energy because green energy in, in forms of wind farms and, and wave energy and solar power are, are national and don't need international Uh, links necessarily so it's a very mixed bag and it will be very interesting to see how the kind of clash between trying to move towards sustainability because I believe a lot of companies really do see this as something that is absolutely essential if they're going to maintain business continuity it's no longer optional I mean you really have to do it I think Uh, but these other things may get in the way. They may be temporary, they may be very long run, but the fracture uh, does to some extent mean you have to make second best choices. True. And, uh, and since uh, we, are, uh, we are doing research and we teach in one of the leading business schools in the world, actually, and you are such an inspiring uh, teacher and educator, what is our responsibility? for the future generations of, uh, of, uh, of managers, of scholars, um, shouldn't we include and shouldn't we include more consistently in what we teach in class uh, about the importance of sustainability? Yes, I, I, I think the, I, I, I mean, I think in a, in a lot of areas and certainly I think at, at Leeds University Business School, I think the arguments won. I think that Uh, the, the sustainable development goals are writ large in what we do. And they're not perfect, but they provide a framework against which uh, judgments can be made. I was interviewing a very senior executive earlier in the week uh, for our textbook, actually. And he said that you've got to remember that it's often firms that actually do, do the implementation. Policies come from government, but it's often firms that do the implementation. And I think what is very important is to teach managers about the range of choices that they have and also how important their choices are, because this is not no longer about just your tiny little area. It's about the impact that you have on the world ecosystem. And I think that is a very important lesson 
going forward. Let's hope we can get beyond some of these dreadful political problems that we've got at the moment and look at the longer term things that you've just put in our minds very forcibly. Right. Um, uh, I mean, teaching and uh, researching at, uh, at Loops, I mean, uh, we, I feel very confident that we do the right thing because we develop all these elements that address, uh, that inform managers and inform future scholars and obviously inform uh, policy. Uh, just a final point, going back to, to China and the US. Where are we heading with this? Now Russia dominates, but we still have an issue there, don't we? Oh, a massive issue, yes. I, I think the uh, I've just been following some of the recent trade negotiations, and I think it's getting extremely serious in that in the earlier trade negotiations, almost up to the present, the American position is, well, we can really work with China, we can really try and get somewhere. And my impression is that the American negotiators are thinking that they cannot get through to China and that the, the two sides are going to be divided. And we perhaps have to work for ways to try and make that better. Um, you know, a lot of us came into the uh, international business world with the view that China would liberalize and, and perhaps that was naive. It isn't going to happen in the near future. So we have to find ways of working across that and it is not easy. Peter, thank you so much. I think we analyzed a lot of the dimensions in this uh, fractured the new world we are been experiencing and uh, I hope we gave good food for thought to our audience. Thank you so, so much. Thank you.